welcome to Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. You're listening to issue number 46. With me, as always, I've got Gavin from the news. Hey, everybody. And I've got Mots back again this week. Yo. And uh, we're actually not going to be taking a break this week, everybody. We're actually going to sack it up, and we're just going to blaze through the news this week. And, and, and here we go. Hit us, Gavin. Okay, all right, we got some Left 4 Dead 2 news to start off on. Uh, first for you guys on um, Steam. Actually, no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> there was a deal on Steam for uh, Left 4 Dead 2, but that's past. So if you're listening to this, too damn bad. Too there, bad for you. There actually is a little bit of tidbit of news about, about Left 4 Dead, though, that actually did come out. Um, I think it came out today, where they had said that um, the... Um, the expansion for Left 4 Dead? Yes, the, uh, the passing DLC has been delayed. Not necessarily an exponential delay, but there's also not been given a, a reason. So do you guys have any ideas why the uh, Left 4 Dead 2 DLC is not coming out? Um, no, but I, I just kind of like their statement where they said that it wasn't going to be coming out in March, and today, the day that we're recording it, is March 30th. It's like, yeah, if it's not coming out today or tomorrow, it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Valve <laughs> mm. yeah, okay. has always had a sense of humor, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if, if there's one thing while Valve always does, it's it's make sure that everything is just as good as it can be. So uh, I guess this is a good thing. <laughs> and delayed as it can be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Half-Life 2 Episode 3. Yeah, I'm just waiting for a <laughs> screenshot from Half-Life 2 Episode 3. Actually, that oh. would be news that, that would be news that we go into later about Half Life. A bit of sad news about that. But Monty, you're going to say something? No, I was, was going to say uh, what you're talking about. So never mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, but we'll come back to the um, Half Life Two news. Um, we are actually going to go into Kane and Lynch, specifically the film production tie into the famous and controversial video game series. Now, um, for those of you that have been paying attention, we've long known that uh, Bruce Willis is attached to star as Kane or Adam Marcus. But we recently got um, via uh, Variety the um, supposed co-star for the film playing uh, James Lynch, and that is oddly enough Jamie Fox. You remember from Ray and Dreamgirls. Um, this was yeah, originally, that's what supposed, I... originally supposed to be um, Billy Bob Thornton, but that's uh, that's been switched up. You guys, have you are you guys Kane Lynch fans? Are you gonna go see the movie? Any uh, any response? Here? I, I really I wanted to play Kane and Lynch. I played the first one. Um, I rented it, and there was actually a point where I just couldn't get any damn further um, because the aim was so bad, and, and you know I just kept getting murdered like before I could get anywhere. So um, I don't I don't know how this game actually got um, enough funding to not only warrant a sequel but to warrant a movie franchise. So that that kind of blows my mind. Um, as far as as far as Jamie Foxx goes, um, I, I really don't care. I mean, you know, so they so they turned a white guy into a black guy. Big fucking deal, you know. Billy Bob Thornton's an okay actor, but Jamie Foxx is an okay actor too. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I think really the the, the person that's going to shine out of all this is going to end up being Bruce Willis because um, he looks a lot like that guy, you know, or at least they 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 could make him to look a lot like that guy. Let's just let me know better performance than in Cop Out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I was hoping to see don't, that. Fuck you guys. Don't, especially if you're Kevin Smith and <laughs> you not see that film. Oh, why Kevin Smith? Well, Go ahead. Well, I think, I mean, I know Jamie Foxx from other things than Ray and Dreamgirls, uh, you know, from his stand-up comedy act, for example. But, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I like him as a pick. I don't really care that he's black. That's, uh, you know, so what? I didn't really think the Ken Lynch story had too much to, you know, to... Uh, to sell anyway, so it, it it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, there's yeah. there's nothing about that storyline that revolves around like race relations or anything like that that could make. It, no, no, but <laughs> but even even though if even if you want to keep it authentic to the game, it's not like there's that much to keep authentic. You know? True. Yeah, absolutely. No one, I don't. I can't imagine any, anyone you know tearing their hair out over this. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that launched into a little bit of a race, a race tirade, but okay, let's move on. <laughs> Um, we got a rumor about he, uh, over here that GameStop, the, of course, retail video game giant, may be set for a takeover from a private equity firm. This comes from thestreets.com, of course, a financial analyst website, as, uh, as well as other things. And, it's look, and it seems that they're predicting that the uh, GameStop will receive an offer that could go up to about as uh, much as four, $4.94 billion, of wow. course, $5 billion. And that's the 33% premium or um, more 
than the current market value of its share, um, which totals at about $3.27 billion. So, I mean, if offered, this is def- they, they would be, you know, idiots for not taking it. But again, this is all rumors. And we're not sure exactly how this would affect the um, actual retail industry. So what do you guys think? Well, I think uh, GameStop has a kind of value to it that, that goes beyond its current, current value, uh, current market value. I think it has this potential to build into something truly huge. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's opening in new markets in Europe and in Asia and in, in, uh, in uh, Africa and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, it could, you know, mean a huge shift in strategy for them. So I, I do think we need to, to, to stay focused on this and keep, keep watching this. But, uh, I, I, you know, for the average gamer, I don't think they'll notice if it yeah. does get bought out. I think uh, I think a lot of people still buy their. I, I know there's plenty of people that buy their games and stuff from GameStop, but you know, a huge number of people still buy their games from WalMarts and Best Buys, and you know, ordering them online and stuff like that. Um, uh, what was I going to say with this? Um, I, I even if we do see a decline in brick and mortar sales of of console games, I think the proper move for GameStop to do right now would be if they don't sell, you know, there's if they don't sell themselves to to whatever company might be making them an offer, um, I think they should start up a you know a Steam like service. You know, mm. I think they could. I could. I think they could be a total force to be reckoned with. Then, yep. And even rumors of uh, takeover has actually spiked the stock, as I'm now reading now in in the sort of uh, update on the news. It actually climbed about 5.6 percent since the rumors started, and that's up to 19 dollars and 31 cents a share. So I mean. Even if they don't get, to, uh, even if they don't actually have any sort of takeover, they can definitely use this to their benefit. But I agree. Hey, um, st- digital distribution service is good for, for everybody, and that actually leads us into another interesting news story because Amazon.com is going to try and do that. So of course you know them as the e-tail specialist, the one where you uh, where the smart people go and buy things, and they're actually <laughs> considering expanding their digital distribution service, which they already do for movies and TV shows and movies or movies Music. and TV shows. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, no, they do movies twice. But um, <laughs> they're actually uh, hoping to take a note from Steam and actually have their own uh, game download service. So, I mean, this is a pretty common sense kind of venture. You guys uh, okay, not okay with it? What's going on? I'm great with that idea. I, I think more, you know, the more competition, the better. I, I love Steam. I buy probably 75% of my PC games from Steam. But if I can get... Um, if I can get it from somewhere else cheaper, a digital distribution place for cheaper, I'm I'm gonna go for somewhere else because Steam has its own built-in, you know, DRM. Places like uh, GamersGate and stuff like that actually don't have that, and Amazon does not have DRM on their on their music, uh, and I don't believe they do on their movies. I could be wrong. So if they did something similar like that with their games, I'd be more than happy to give my money to Amazon. Well, what do you think I'm they just, could offer that could be to be competitive with Steam, since Steam has such a community? Do you think Amazon could come to the table with? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of people that aren't really familiar with what Steam is. There's still a lot of people that buy their, you know, that still buy hard copies of their games. Mm-hmm. So if somebody went onto Amazon.com and said to themselves, uh, you know, say Amazon launches this and they look at a game that they can download, like Just Cause 2, and it says, you can buy this copy for your PC for $50, but for $48, you can download it right now. I think they would stand a lot to gain from something like that. Yeah, and I think also just the advantage of having a service that really does everything in terms of media delivery is is... An advantage. I mean, it's something that Steam isn't doing, and Amazon, this this Amazon store could, you know, do movie streaming and music streaming and all that stuff. Uh, it, it might be an, even be an answer to um, to OnLive in the future. So, I mean, it, seeing more of these guys coming into this space and doing downloadable games is just, I think it's a really good thing, and Amazon would be a huge player if they chose to do this. Yeah, Amazon's got the market right now. Steam's, you know, Steam's market users, you know, the the people who purchase and use Steam aren't, you know, that user base isn't growing by that much. But thousands upon thousands of people use Amazon every day. Yep. Absolutely. And think of how their market share has expanded into the movies and music genre. I mean, it's their support of Rhapsody that actually elevated it into not a necessarily a mega competitor, but definitely a source of 
uh, contention for um, the iTunes. Yeah. So, I mean, Amazon, yeah. uh, Amazon, when he chooses to wield it, has immense power in the market, and I think if they definitely get into this, Steam's going to have to up its game somehow. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, I, I think that's a good note to move on on, and let's move to Mass Effect 2. We just can't seem to leave that game alone, and I have a question for you guys. Sure. Um, have you either of you guys read the prequel comic book series to Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect uh, Redemption? No. No. <laughs> well, apparently people have, because it's actually going to be getting a new monthly series from the same guys at uh, Dark Horse and, of course, Bioware, the writers from the game. And we don't have any necessarily details on it, but it's definitely going to be a much larger project. So, I mean, do you guys think, what do you guys, are you going to pick up a monthly series on Mass Effect? See, here's my thing. Give me the story of the game in the game. <laughs> don't write novels. Don't don't uh, write comic books. Uh, don't make movies that doesn't, uh, you know, just recreate the game that that makes a new, uh, you know, whatever. Just give me what I need to know and what I want to know. All the depth and all that. Give me that in the game. I don't want to go out and buy all this other stuff that's not. Hey, hey, must must. To be fair, they've always done supplemental stuff with the books and stuff. I mean, Shepard's not in any of this except for uh, Mass Effect Redemption, and that's Liara trying to get at Shepard. To be fair, yeah. I mean, it's a separate experience, so they're not going to try and shove it down your throat. But no, but do you I still mean, think that it's like you just want you don't want anything but the game. Well, I mean, it's nice for the people who who really like comic books and and, and stuff like that. I don't and. In books, I don't really enjoy reading, uh, you know, stories. I enjoy reading factual books more and, and you, co- you know, political and commentary and all that stuff. So, to me, it just, it's not something I would do. And I feel like I'm missing out. So I guess I'm a little pissed off at that. But, uh, but I mean, t- yeah. I could kind of see where you're coming from, Mots. Like, like, say you were a fan of a television series like 24, which they just announced is going to be canceled after this season. But could you imagine if you were a huge fan of 24 and, uh, you know, and you started watching the show, and they were like, oh, do you want to know what happened just before the start of this? Then go buy the 24 comic series. You know, mm-hmm. video games are like the only medium that are really kind of tapping into this expanded, um, you know, uh, publication kind of thing, where they where they tie, you know, canon into their into their, you know, book series and their comic series and their anime series and stuff like it's that. It's so sad because movies have to be three hours or less long, but video games can be as long as they want. They could include <laughs> yeah. all that shit if they wanted to. Right, right. So, so, I, yeah. I do get where you're coming from, but it is kind of neat for the fans of the series if they do want to go out and buy stuff. But, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I kind of want just the game and, and not, not too much else. You know, if you've got this awesome storyline, then, you know, make another game out of the awesome storyline. Yeah, exactly. So I, I read the books. Did you? How did, were they good? Yeah, they were decent. I mean, uh, they're a bit weighty at some points. I mean, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to compare it to Lord of the Rings, but it's the same storytelling method. You have to dive into the, the mythos, the, legend, um, the culture of everything. And they actually introduced a lot of um, locations and people in the first book, which was a prequel to Mass Effect 2. So, I mean, it's, it's a nice way to flush it out. I mean, I don't think anyone's exper- um, expecting the books or comic to replace the video game. I think it's all just really meant as an enhancement, according, and to, that's correct from what I hear from Bioware as well. But, again, I guess I can see where you guys are uh, coming from here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, well, let's move on then. Uh, we got a majorly wordy interview from the uh, from the president and COO of Sega West, Mike Hayes, and he just divulged everything from Sega. One of the more interesting points I think I want to touch on here is the comparative console success of Platinum Games. That's a studio that you'll remember for the Wii, officially, it, it released Mad World. And for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, it released Bayonetta. So he's just speaking on the comparative success and finds that the uh, the better home from the studio is definitely on the more hardcore, quote-unquote, consoles. Uh, mm. Did you guys check out the interview? Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? I actually did not. Uh, I did not read this one. I did not check into that one. I, I apologize. I am, I am a terrible person. <laughs> Uh, I'm well, I mean, so this, is, this is on the tail of Sega actually, you know, coming out and being one of the major parties saying that we're going to cut off, um, in essence, hardcore game production for the Wii. So, I mean, this is just kind of a, a sort of a, a detailed example of it. Uh, Mons, did you have any sort of analysis I, I, on this? I didn't read the interview, but I'm not surprised that that's what it says. Um, I'm not surprised that, you know, uh, Bayonetta sold more than Mad World, and, and both are, you know... 
were and are, you know, uh, hugely uh, hyped and, and popular games. It's just in, you know, on the on the uh, on the mindshare of the internet, I guess. Uh, but it's just hardcore games don't sell on the Wii, and I mean, I, I think we're going to see more and more studios studios doing this, whereas they're going to try something out, they're going to fail, and they're going to move on to 360 and PS3 and perhaps PC. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see this with the um, motion control devices? You're going to see developers try, fail, and move on? No, I think we're going to see uh, developers try and succeed more on, on the PS3 and stuff. Uh, you know, I oh think my the... god, you, you are biased. Oh my god, you're a console fanboy. No, no, I not mean... at all. I mean, I'm thinking about like games like, say, No More Heroes. Okay, It has a huge fan following on the Wii. But um, not big enough. And I think there's plenty of people out there that really want to see this kind of game come to the PS3 and 360, and they are going to be making an exit on the PS3. And with the PlayStation... Well, it's the revamp of the original. I think it's called No More Heroes Paradise, right? I think so, yeah. But, I mean, considering that PlayStation is going to be having, you know, the move, it's nearly identical to the to the instruments that you have with the Wii. I think you're probably going to be seeing a bigger success with that game in particular on the PS3. You know, so I think we're going to see a lot of crossover with former Wii titles or Wii aesthetics going to the PlayStation Move. Like, do you think we're going to get Mad World, a, a Mad World sequel on the PS3? I, I, you know what? If I if I wanted to, I think it'd be a good idea. Mm. I also want to bring in, you know, uh, there are 30 million PS3s and like 60 or 70 million Wiis, right? But how many of those millions of Wiis are of core gamers and hardcore gamers? I think, really, when you compare the two, uh, even though PS3 does have a Blu-ray player, I think there are more hardcore gamers on the PS3 than on the Wii. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think just that fact might might help to sell more hardcore games on it. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, who knows? It could also be... You know, everybody everybody assumes that... Um, everybody assumes that the failure of Mad World was, was due to the fact that it was a, you know, a hardcore game on the Wii. There could have been plenty of other factors on the, on that that uh, you know people didn't didn't buy it and play it. I mean, I could see the graphical styling of that game being a gigantic turnoff for a lot of people. You know, playing a game in nothing but black and white, I could see that as being a pain in the ass to a lot of people. And, and if uh, right. over to the PS3, imagine those kind of sharp graphics um, enhanced with that kind of like HD sheen. It'd be black, white, and shiny. Right. Mm. Yeah, you can definitely see the turnoff factor there. Yeah, and and there's other games too. Like uh, you know, people were saying, well, um, Dead Space Extraction didn't sell that well. Well, you know, I I don't know how well rail shooters actually sell on the Wii in the first place. You know, I mean, mm. we, you could probably I wouldn't compare it to quote unquote hardcore titles of of you know of uh, you know from a different console. You would you would have to look at that kind of game and compare it to say Resident Evil Degeneration or Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles. Umbrella Chronicles. So, you know, people are just throwing them into this quote-unquote hardcore category, but that's not really what they are. They're they're a very specific kind of, you know, stylized hardcore game. So it's the same with, it's the same with No More Heroes, really. They're quirky, really. They're uh, what you got with the Wii is you got all these hardcore games, but they're not regular hardcore games. They're the special Japanese sort of hardcore game. And, yeah. And you know, to the to the you know largest market, North America. That might not be so appealing to the average mainstream gamer. So yeah, I think the only thing that the Wii yeah they, and they sort of honor the French market of the hardcore, which is yeah. the hardcore of the hardcore. Right, mm. right. I, I think exactly. that's a really good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, but I think the, yeah, I think the only challenge now is for the PlayStation Move to get that market share, or at least get those get those box uh, box copies sold of the other of the controllers. I, I almost said remote. Right. But I think I think EA Sports is going to do a large part in that. Maybe. Perhaps. Maybe some. Uh, I think the show. The show is uh, PlayStation's uh, big sports franchise. It's the it's the most popular, critically at least, of the baseball mm-hmm. sims. So if they can attach a good move set to that, it would just like be uh, it would be as popular as Tiger Woods on the Wii, which was fantastic with Wii Motion Plus controls. But again, the problem I think is just getting the number of those. Uh, of the ones out, or sorry, the moves out, and I that's just I don't see that happening uh, soon. I think no. that's going to take a while. So yeah, yeah. It, it all it all depends. Yeah. But I think think we've talked enough about this. Um, really quick mention: BlizzCon 2010 is announced, and since I'm speaking of it now, you you lost any opportunity to get tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it opened and sold everything. Yeah, but probably by the time um, Robin finished writing the news post on it, it was done. <laughs> yeah, no, just none of it. No. 
<laughs> so sorry, but it's coming. So uh, look for uh, coverage from all of your favorite places, including eldergeek.com, especially Elder, only eldergeek.com. <laughs> but let's move on to one of our favorite topics: Ubisoft and its server downtime. We uh, had a lot of fun with this when it first came out. Um, where even legit copies of Assassin's, Assassin's Creed 2 and Silent Hunter 5 wouldn't work due to the game's um, requirement of being constantly online. And since um, a couple of malicious attacks on the system did that, Ubisoft has come forth and released free copies of games for those affected. Um, you just got a redemptive code. You can pick up Hawks and End War, uh, Heroes Over Europe, or Prince of Persia, the 2008 version. So, mm. nice little form of conversation from Ubisoft. Nice to see that they're coming forth and, you know, taking the blame, taking the fault, taking on the nose, as it were. Um, you guys yeah. have any? Yeah, I think it is nice that they're doing this, but that's not the end of the problem. Uh, you know, apparently, according today, uh, all through Australia, all the people that were trying to play uh, Settlers 7, I think it is, uh, or yep. whatever the latest Settlers game that came out, apparently yep. nobody could nobody could attach to that one. Nobody could um, get to the DRM servers there either. So, Honestly, Ubisoft, I really do appreciate the, 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 you know, giving back to the gamers, so to speak, for having them feel cheated and everything like that, but just, just drop the DRM for Christ's sakes, you know? Is that that or you're gonna be giving out a lot of codes? Yeah, tons. Just drop it. Just use Steam or something like that if you, if you don't trust your PC gamers, you know? Absolutely. Moths? Any thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I said I said last time that basically they they pretty much have to do this to 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 avoid uh, you know crippling piracy. But uh, I mean, you can't really forgive them for for not letting you play the game that you bought and paid for. So uh, I mean, yeah, um, good on them for 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 you know offering up uh, free old games to to mend the wound. But uh, but yeah, this is a problem that they're going to have to find a solution to. But you guys agree it's a nice Band-Aid for now? It is a nice Band-Aid for now. But um, at the same time, you know, going back a little bit further, Ubisoft has been a little bit harsh with their DRM. I remember some of their other some of their other PC titles were a bit restrictive with their DRM. And I think it was, um, God, I can't remember what it was, um, uh, Chaos Theory. And there's a bunch of other a bunch of other older Ubisoft titles that were designed to play on XP. But when people upgraded to Windows 7, they never bothered to update their DRM thing. So if you had Windows 7, even though the game was perfectly compatible, what wasn't compatible with Windows 7 or Windows Vista or Windows 7 was the fact uh, was the DRM program within it. Mm. So, yeah, Ubisoft seems to have a track record with this. Maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe, or we can, you know, if at worst, just look, uh, you know, look for, and hope for the free codes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to another um, favorite topic of ours here at EG. The Attorney General of Australia. You may not know him by name, Michael Atkinson, but you know who he is because he is the man at the forefront of the recent controversies in Australia, including the uh, censoring of Left 4 Dead 2, among other games, and, of course, at one point referring to gamers as being more dangerous than bikers. Recently, um, and, of course, uh, most popularly or unpopularly, his um, dislike of an 18-plus mature rating to be uh, put, uh, put in effect in the country. But, you know, if you're not liking him, at least take solace in that he is officially leaving his post in 2014, <laughs> which is probably the most recent time he could leave it. Uh, he's going to abdicate all his responsibilities immediately. And his successor, John Rao, or Roe, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but um, supposedly his successor is very much for the rating. So at worst, you're going to be getting a mature rating in Australia in four years. I guess that's a nice little uh, silver lining. You guys have any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, four four years is too long. Uh, get it now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, this is just typical. You know, older guy doesn't really understand gaming, or and is afraid of what he doesn't understand. Uh, it, it's just the whole affair is sad, and and to to watch it. I mean, even the comment uh, "more dangerous than bikers." You know, are all bikers suddenly dangerous? Can't a person ride a bike and wear a leather coat without being some sort of gangbanger? <laughs> yeah. My little rant. Good job. Yeah, I kind of agree with him. I, if I were a biker, I'd be pissed. <laughs> hey, okay. Elder Geek respects Australian bike riders. <laughs> I have friends who are... I, I do. I have friends who are bikers, and, uh, you know, they're, they're nice guys. You know, they're... 
some of them are I, actually a couple of the directors in the in the company that I work at are bikers, you know. So, and they wear suits and crap every day, and probably make more money than I ever will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Print oh. media. I don't think that will cheer you up. Do you need some cheering up, Randy? Do you need some cheering up? Do I? Yeah, I always, yeah, I could use some cheering up. How about how about the knowledge that Jimi Hendrix is coming exclusively to Rock Band? Jimi Jimi Hendrix is coming to exclusively to Rock Band. Um, yep, uh, Rock Band is getting exclusive DLC Jimi Hendrix tunes, and yes, DLC, not a boxed retail copy like the Beatles. So I guess they heard Mots this whole time. I that guess is, they understood, and I think finally got through Mots. Ooh, uh, that is kind of neat, but at the same time, I I, I think I play better uh, Jimi Hendrix air guitar than I do than I would want to play uh, you know Jimi Hendrix uh, you know guitar hero guitar. True, I can't imagine how they would map Purple Haze. Yeah, that'd be that'd be, it'd be interesting to see at the very least. But um, are you happy at least that they're doing DLC instead of you know going full out for a boxed retail copy? I am. I am. Um, I think that that makes it a lot more accessible to everybody out there, um, and it also lets them pick and choose which ones they want instead of you know buying the whole thing. If if you really only like you know Jimi Hendrix song like you know all along the Watchtower, then then you uh, you have that opportunity to just get that. But anyway, I know at the beginning of the show I said that we were going to sack up and move through the whole thing, but uh, we're going to take a real real quick break, Gavin, and uh, and we'll be right back to uh, to finish up the stories. This is Randy's idea. I still have stack. <laughs> hey, Elder Geeks. Got an idea for the site? Or do you have a topic that you'd like for us to talk about on Elderspeak? Be sure to drop us a suggestion on either the forums or by sending an email to info at elder-geek.com. Hey everybody, welcome back from break. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I know I said that we were going to sack up and, and power on through, but I guess I just don't have it. what it takes. Anyway, back to Gavin. Gavin is going to be telling us about uh, latest breaking news on uh, Natal. Absolutely. Microsoft hates me. Um, usually the guys <laughs> open up E3. Uh, before the show, they have their press conference. They really, they're the official starters of the, the, the show ever since they first came out with the uh, 360 couple years back, and it seems they're even extending it further back in time, so I have to add another day of a hotel price for uh, for me, so thanks a lot, Microsoft. <laughs> uh, basically, this new day, this June 13th, which is the day before, officially, um, E3 begins, will be the world premiere event for Project Natal, and keep in mind that is still technically a placeholder name, so we could get a brand new name for it, but officially we're going to... We're looking forward to pricing details, bundle details, and pretty much everything they're going to need to give us to sell it to us in a few months. So other, other than that, not much is known about it, but predictions are going wild all over the map. So let's get uh, let's get your guys' predictions. What do you think we're going to see? They're um, going to call it the Nintendo Ultra 64. Sweet. <laughs> I think That was a way better name than Nintendo 64. The Ultra 64, that was badass. I think we've covered that. Super Mega Did we? X Ultra 64. <laughs> With added lemon. Yeah. Well, what do you, seriously, what, 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 what do you think I'm going to have to cover since I'm going to be there for your guy, for your lazy asses? What am I going to have to be bringing back to the site? What do you, what do you, they're going to, they're going to tell you, they're going to tell you price, availability date, and two launch titles. So you think Ricochet is going to be one of them and maybe a sports compilation? I don't think Ricochet is going to be a standalone game. I think it's going to be in the sports compilation. I can't imagine them, you know, charging more than five bucks for that thing, so. Well, maybe it's a download. Maybe they're going to release maybe a couple of box games and a couple of download only games from Xbox Live. What, yeah. What's Ricochet? I mean, I know Ricochet That's, is the historian stuff that, that uh, you know, Patrick writes, but. Ricochet is the, is the, you know, kick the red ball in the square thingy. It was their uh, wow. game they showed off at E3 last year. I think it was I, Ricochet. It could be something else. I may be uh, yeah, mixing up yeah, Patrick King's amazing ar- articles, which everyone should go read now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did not see that game. doesn't sound exciting at all to me, actually. It, it was you, don't, you didn't see the one where the girl stands there jumping around like an idiot? You on see, the oh, seen the yeah, you know what? I saw like 20 seconds of that and thought, yeah, I'm too old for this. It's and then moved In on. every single one of the uh, the video compilations they did of Microsoft 83, just a girl on stage, you know, bouncing about. 
Yeah, I yeah, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I don't know what we're gonna see. I'd be interested in, in seeing if they have a response to Sony's whole uh, we can do hardcore games as well thing. If they really do think they can do all kinds of games and you really can, you know, put this into the next uh, Metal Gear since that's going to be on 360. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, i would be interested in seeing what they sort of have to, to respond to the whole mudslinging that's been, been going on recently. So, True. All right. It's been entertaining. Me? Yeah. I'm looking forward to some sort of uh, where they put bring in the Japanese hentai games and you get to molest people with the... Uh, I think that's all. That'd be funny. And speaking of molestation, uh, Sony recently purchased up Michael Jackson's estate. Bam! Oh, bam! Thank you very much, dude. You thought you have? How many days ago did you think of that lead-in? <laughs> right now, right now, because I'm looking at the post right now. I'm like, I am a freaking genius. This has to happen, and it did, and it's out there now. But yes, Sony purchased up the, the Michael Jackson estate for the largest sum of money paid for such a transaction in history. $200 million. Wow. That's a lot of cash, and that gives them the rights to the music, the likeness, the um, movie, so they're probably going to release a Blu-ray slash DVD compilation of music videos, and, of course, video games. So this could mean Moonwalker 2. It could I'm going to say... I'm going to say something, and I'm going to earn everyone that follows my advice a lot of money. Buy stock in Sony. <laughs> Basically. You think they're gonna they're gonna be able to ride um, MJ's death a little bit more and get uh, gets really sell? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't th- I don't see uh, profiting off of Michael Jackson ending him in another twenty years at least. So, yeah. Okay. Elvis has had long legs after he passed, so Michael Jackson could too. Uh, yeah, but Elvis died long before our time, and we weren't alive to hear any Elvis's original mm-hmm. music. You know, we happy. grew up listening to to uh, Michael Jackson. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But he's hey, not much- going away, even though he's gone away. <laughs> but how much would you guys pay for, like, you know, high-def copies of the Smooth Criminal and Thriller videos? I mean, those are some, pr- those are still, you know, pieces of pop culture. They could Personally, really- you'd oh, have to pay me, but, uh, oh, you know, I could see oh, the appeal. Where's your soul? Where- Can't I watch those on YouTube right now? For free? Not Blu-ray quality. <laughs> you know what? They weren't Blu-ray quality back in 1985, so I don't give a shit today either. <laughs> okay, we're getting far off track here. I mean, the main point of what we're trying to say here is there could be a new Michael Jackson game. Yes. Yeah, there could be. And one of our, um, one of our actually um, one of our people here actually said a good idea. Elliot um, said that you know a Space Channel Five remake from the Dreamcast would be interesting with Michael Jackson as a larger role. I mean, music rhythm games would be the obvious genre to go with here, but there's still a lot of uh, maneuverability move here, room here. Do you guys have any uh, ideas to pitch to Sony? They, they would have to be really careful if they were to make another Michael Jackson video game. I mean, the previous one, the arcade version, not the this, not the Sega version, but um, the arcade version was, you know, based around Michael saving kids and shit. They would have to have Michael Jackson do something com- completely different than saving children. Yes. You know? Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, think, I think I'm guessing dancing. Do you don't, don't oh yeah, play. he d- he danced in the in in the arcade and stuff too. Yeah, his basic yeah. move uh, his basic move animation was a moonwalk. Yeah, it was, a, and he also did a spin thing. With well, I'm guessing spin. I'm guessing a dancing game though. I'm guessing I mean Sony has like uh, high school oh. musical and and doesn't the or is it Sega that had, does the Dance Dance Revolution? Oh, I see where you're, I see yeah. I see what you did there. I mean, he's pretty much the best you know well known dancer in history. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Me? I just want maybe I just want a move capable Captain EO game. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> Neat. That's maybe they'll make a special moonwalk board that will, in a game that'll teach you finally how to properly moonwalk. Yeah, that'll be been tried for over twenty years. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal a big secret to you guys. Um you know wanna know how to moonwalk? Become anorexic. <laughs> Way as be as light as a feather, like he was, then you can moonwalk. I was kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty damn skinny myself, sir. <laughs> I still can't do it. <laughs> Lose some weight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Let's move on. All right, well, we're a bit off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get off Michael Jackson. And let's keep on uh, keep on going on. Let's go back to GameStop, shall we? Uh, yeah. A bit more bad news for them, uh, or good news, depending on you. No, well, bad news this time. Um, apparently, a customer bought a used copy of The Stone Prisoner, which people remember... 
was the uh, one of the original Dragon Age Origins pieces of DLC where he got the character of Shale. And the problem is he bought it at uh, $5 less than the MSRP, which is, you know, the suggested retail price. And later, and then lo and behold, a couple days later, GameStop was landed at a lawsuit for sale, selling used DLC that way. Um, uh, nothing else has come out, uh, come out from the lawsuit as of this point, but it is, uh, it's pretty significant and GameStop has been hitting a lot of lawsuits lately. Do you guys have any thoughts on it? I'm, I think this one's gonna stick. I know a lot of people are calling it a, a you know, a, uh, a frivolous lawsuit, but, um, GameStop has really, really got to watch what they're doing when they're, when they're reselling games, especially when it comes to DLC. This is, this is a new territory. Um, and there was somebody else who I don't remember if they, if they brought, uh, you know, if this actually came forward in a formal suit or not, and this, this might be the same case, but, um, there have been reports of people buying copies of of Dragon Age and it says, you know, um get, you know, the following free DLC or whatever. Um that applied only to the people who purchased the game brand new. And of course the sticker still remained on the box when the person picks it up and buys the used version of it, but the DLC's already, you know, the free DLC's already been taken. Mm. Um yeah, GameStop's really got to watch what they're doing. You know, that that's just that's just truth in print right there. They're truth in advertising. So, um you know, I'm 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 siding with the plaintiffs on this one. Mm. Unfortunately, I, I'm curious. Always been in, under fire for used game sales, um, seeing as a lot of developers think that they're being stiffed. So yeah. now, Mots and I actually got into a huge argument before. I'm 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 fine for the most part with reselling games. Mots, on the other hand, is not. Okay. Well, let's get Mox's side of this current lawsuit. Then, where are you? Where do well, you stand? Well, uh, first of all, I'm curious to see uh, what what uh, I mean. All of this, we're we're probably going to get a statement from GameStop showing their official laws and, and regulations uh, to to their employees. But when I worked at the Evil Empire, um, <laughs> um, I was specifically uh, told to remove all stickers when when putting a game out uh, on the use aisle and, or on the use used shelf and and you know. Oh wow! Okay. Remove everything non-original to the cover, uh, and then put on the used price tag, of course. Uh, and that, I mean, that came from like uh, the 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 boss of the Norwegian section of GameStop. So, you know, a pretty important guy. So, uh, I mean, if 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 that's true, if that is you know their regulation, then I think they could get away with this lawsuit. Um, but but I mean. It, it is a problem w- with these kinds of DLC games where, where you have the code inside the, in the, inside the manual or whatever where you, you know, you, the, the first purchase gets all the DLC and the second purchase doesn't. Uh, but, uh, it's, I mean, every other, um, major, uh, you know, consumer, consumer, uh, industry have you know used sales you know used cars used refrigerators used used everything uh, so I, I don't really see why games and music and movies should be any different uh, yeah okay Mots is in this episode he's had a couple good points listen to Mots children uh, <laughs> moving on another quick announcement here less of a news post and just an advisory thing Final Fantasy IX has been pretty much um, approved concretely for a re-release on the PSN, very much like Final Fantasy VII and VIII. And being that this was me and this uh, Bennett the Sage's top, uh, oh, second best PlayStation game ever made, you got to go buy it. I say so. Go. But let's move on. Still a good game. Uh, we got a couple developers here shooting off some pretty interesting comments. Let's start with uh, the Splinter Cell director. That is, of course, Max Belland. And he says that there shouldn't be any more super hardcore games. That is games designed specifically for the hardcore audience. Says that it's difficult, um, you just lose a lot of, uh, market share by going that way because you can't really bring a lot of other people into it. It's very, um, an isolate, isolatory mode of development and he's saying he wants to make uni- more universally accessible games. And coming from the Splinter Cell director, I'm not exactly how sure we should take it, but what do you guys think? Um, um, <laughs> wow, in, in, in stereo. And I'm in sync. Uh, the, <laughs> yikes. I, I think people who live in glass houses should be, uh, how the hell does the saying go? They, sh- they shouldn't be peeing. They should you know, or something like that. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing that either. Um, 
God, that, that, the most recent Splinter Cell game has had so many problems in the first place. I think it's kind of odd that he has such a, a bold statement about the, about the industry at large. Um, although he is trying to more say that he wants his games to be more, not so much dumbed down, but more accessible to the, to, to the large audience, much like Modern Warfare 2 was. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking a kind of a different approach to this. I, I'm thinking he is meaning how, uh, you know, uh, Dragon Age is super hardcore and, and Mass Effect 2 isn't. Mm. I'm thinking that's where he's coming from, that maybe the new Splinter Cell with the whole integrated uh, story uh, telling on the, on the you know, holographic walls and all that stuff, uh, I think that might be where he's sort of taking this. Um, I'm not sure he means, you know, everything should be uh, Call of Duty or Madden. Uh, right, yeah. right. Well, that, and that I don't know. You can see where he's coming from, but the hardcore market has lasted since video games. I mean, you, regardless of what most people do, I mean, there's a, there's still, a, there's always been a good market for appealing to the hardest of the core, as it were. It's not as good yeah. as it used to be, though. Admittedly, it, depending. And, and, and the, it, this kind of goes back to the, to the. There's so many places out there that are trying to like um, disprove the the mythos that. Um, that it's actually the gamers themselves that are that are leaving the quote unquote hardcore ground. That it's not the developers. Like the developers are going where the money is. But I, I mean, here's a, a proven case where one of the developers are actually coming forward and saying, "Yeah, we're abandoning the core audience, well, the super." Let's audience. not say that. I mean, there's not an abandonment here. It's just kind of a streamline a streamlining of the process. It's not. Oh, I'm taking what he's saying and I'm escalating you're, it. You're, it. you're running with it. You're like you're 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 putting him up. You're you're yeah. I'm 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 pulling a uh, you know what the hell's that that asshole pundit's name, you know that guy uh, that everybody hates Beck dude. Yeah, let's go with him. Yeah. Thou shalt wait, hey, eleventh commandment: <laughs> Thou shalt not go back in a room of intelligent people. I would have gone with Newt Gingrich. I would have gone with. It's not that man. Well, please. didn't you see the chalkboard thingy? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Okay, you do not want me to start talking about that man. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's not get let's not get too. Let's move too... on to another thing that'll piss us off, though. Let's go yeah, yeah. another developer putting out a very unpopular view. This is studio director of Rare, and that's Mark Betteridge, and he has the greatest last name ever. But he's saying, and I quote: "We would only go back to older franchises if we saw an opportunity to make the product in a different way that would do justice to them. It'd be nice to go back to these projects uh, that have been successful in the past, but that doesn't mean we will." So you guys wanted uh, Killer Instinct 3? You wanted a, a good Banjo and Kazooie game? Not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, good. No, seriously, Dude, if, if he doesn't think he can do a good game out of it, then he shouldn't. Admittedly, that is a nice thing, but I mean, you could, I mean, it's, it would be difficult to screw up some of these formulas. It's not necessarily that they have tried and failed in the past. They haven't even tried. They screwed up Banjo Kazooie. No, but, I mean, seriously, if there's, and back to the Splinter Cell director thing, if there's one thing games are, it's cultural, and, and, you know, culture changes, people change, uh, we should, you know, adapt, not, you know, stick too much to the past. Uh, I do think those were great games, I don't think they would be as great if they were done the same way now, uh, and I think, I mean, I think we can all agree about that. So yeah, I don't know. Banjo, Banjo, and Banjo Tooie were awesome games, and I think if they were made now with a with a fi- with a finer uh, coat of paint on them, I think they would sell just the same. I think people would love that stuff. Hmm. And I definitely think if they they target a lesser market, they could really have an arcade hit with Killer Instinct Three. I mean, there still is no game that really has that kind of Killer Instinct feel. They just if they're able to recreate it just with you know. Better, uh, better sprites. Maybe tighten the finding engine a bit. Maybe introduce a sidestep mechanic. Just um, give it a more 2.5 D, if not 3 D aspect ratio. They, yeah. could def- they could definitely have a hit, but it's just a question but I, of. But do I they think, really try. I think and when I, you take all, I think when you take all those in, uh, adjustments into account, you have about you know five other games this generation that does that. Mm. It just isn't the same uh, franchise. True. So yeah, and that is a respectable point of view. Damn it, yeah. but those. <laughs> so I do agree, though. I do so. agree. I, I, I mean, I would love to see uh, a, a really cool HD classical banjo kazooie, um, <laughs> and you know, uh, you know that stuff works for some games. I really did like the new Bionic Commando, for example. So, and that's a really old school game. So, uh, yeah, but but I, I, I see his point. I mean, if he if he doesn't believe he can improve on it or 
or make it, you know, uh, you know, fit the times enough, then I don't think, you know, we should expect them to do so. I can definitely agree with that. If they don't, if they don't think they can do it justice, it's, you know, it's the, it's really good to support that idea because you don't want them to try with that kind of mindset at the forefront. Exactly. So, yeah, I think at the very least we can respect that. But if you want, if you're not disappointed enough. Um, there's not going to be a Pinnacate Adventures Part 3 either. Oh, the, that Rain, I am disappointed about. <laughs> on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness was a popular, um, if expensive, Xbox Live title, and now, of course, PlayStation Network. But apparently, according to Mike Kaluik, I mispronounced that to hell, but, of course, um, Tycho, I believe, he is his... Uh, is his Tycho, player, yeah. Um, has come out saying, no, none at all. Hothead is busy with, uh, with I believe, Death uh, Shank. Which is a uh, or just shank, which is a popular just hack and slash and death bank, death bank, excuse me, and death bank and shank, yep. yeah, mm. and that is just sidelined episode three to the point of it's just not going to happen. Of course, yeah. um, Jerry um, Jerry Hawkins, the uh, the artist of the seri- of Penny Arcade, will be doing a sort of novel and sort uh, to fill out the storyline, but no game whatsoever. And Moth, since you seem to be the most uh, the most hit with this story, why don't you tell us why you're disappointed? Well, you know. Um I got into those games recently, um, and you know, honestly, it's it's different gameplay, but I do prefer them uh, as opposed to the new Monkey Island games. They do have some sort of you know some of the same feel and humor, but it's just so much more fresh and and, and interesting to me. And you know, uh, the gameplay was really smooth and, and and nice and worked really well. So I, I like those games a lot, and I'm sad there won't be another one. But uh, what are you gonna do? I was going to play Sam and Max, but okay, sure. I mean, yeah, the games <laughs> were really good. I liked it. It was really traditional, yet they, it was it was funny. They hit a lot of good mm. jokes. I mean, I, I've always liked the comic, and you really do need to like the comic in order to get the game. But I don't um, think you do, though. I mean, I, I don't I don't read every every shit they have, but uh, well, I mean, you have to get I, the humor. I mean, it's the yeah. same humor. Uh, you don't have yeah. to necessarily. You don't even need to like the art style, but it's a very specific kind of humor. Yeah. But um. Both Xbox Live, or at least PlayStation Network, has a bundle of the first two episodes, so if you want to know what we're talking about, get it. But unfortunately, don't expect an episode three ever. But uh, what do you say we round out? Um, Randy, you didn't seem to have any thoughts on Penny Arcade. Do you have any? Were you a fan? Did you pick up? I actually never picked them up. Um, I almost did a couple of times. Uh, they, they look really cool. They look like they're up my alley. It's just one of those. Those two are games that uh, I, I keep telling myself that if I had more time, I'd go and play. Mm. And they look awesome. They really do. They look like they're right up my alley. But um, yeah, it is kind of sad that they're not going to be not going to be rounding that out. I, I like the fact that Penny Arcade was was uh, making games for themselves to quote unquote put put their money where their mouth was, kind of thing. You know. Mm. Yep. But I, yeah. this is another so, case of a developer obviously not um, not trying to do something where he knows he's going to fail. So at least take. That I mean. That. Penny Arcade does some awesome stuff. They've got they do. Penny Arcade Festival. They've got, you know, they've got uh, their comic every week, which is getting better and better. So, yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah, they got a lot. They got a lot on the plate, especially with my personal favorite thing of what they do is child uh, child's play. So as long yeah. as they keep all the stuff up, doing what they're doing, it's it's their IP. It's their it's their stuff. Where we shouldn't be entitled to anything. And right. yeah, walk on. But what do you say? We're uh, let's round out here with, of course, the PC God himself, Will Wright. And, of course, if you've been paying attention, he has moved on to a new studio, Stupid Fun Club, and he has also announced projects that are not going to be, in the traditional sense, video games. And specifically, we just got uh, released via IGN uh, some details on a television project coming out from Will Wright called The Creation Project. And, no, it is not anything revolving around the Bible, thankfully. It is actually, um, as you would expect from Will Wright, a self-reflexive view of the process. This time, the process is creating a television show. Um, you will be able to come in and submit ideas for episodes of just any kind of show. I would imagine a sitcom or something like that. And they would be able to take those ideas and uh, show the making of the show in addition to the show itself. And people will be able to submit their own storyboards with available art um, via the story making engine or the story maker engine. Excuse me. No details beyond that, but it definitely sounds interesting and interactive. Uh, sounds like the submitting sounds like the. Sounds like the first reality show I'd actually like watching. <laughs> you don't you don't watch the tester? Are you kidding Oh my me? god. <laughs> I do I, have other of you tried to watch that crap? I I uh, watched I, 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 I tried here's the thing, I tried to watch <laughs> the promo, but I didn't even get through that. Oh god. 
What crap? <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it so much. I've seen every episode. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. And for those of you that uh, know what I'm talking about, I root for Star, and I know she's going to get kicked off the show soon. And I don't like reality TV. That's maybe why I like it, because it is such crap. It is schadenfreude at its utmost best. If you want if you want that kind of MSD3K-worthy laughs, check it out. But uh, no respect for the test, guys. No respect. And, and I mean, uh, let me just... Uh, I'm getting some feedback, by the way. Um, this is not because I'm shallow or anything. God knows I'm not someone who looks perfect. Uh, but... How come there's always this, in, in this reality show, there's always this wide range of sort of disgusting looking people? <laughs> I, I can't answer that. I can't answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think just casting directors look for those uh, personalities. I mean, there's always an attractive one, I guess, but, yeah, I, but I mean, I've never casted a reality show. I've always gone for movies, so I can't really speak for them. And I mean, disgusting is a strong word. Let's say special. Let's say really <laughs> unordinary. Uh, and I mean, when you listen to the word reality show, isn't it supposed to reflect reality? Not hey, there's are ugly people in real life, months. Yeah, really. but there's not really that huge of a ratio of them. Wow. Wow, well, maybe not in Norway. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's about all the time we've got this week. <laughs> We'll be back again next week, everybody. <laughs> Where Mots is hopefully not going to rage on the Uggos again. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Yahoo! You're all clear, kid! Mamma mia!